Wondering how to bear fruit in your walk with the Lord? Today on Maranatha Radio, Pastor Ray Bentley points out it comes through abiding. Abiding means relationship. The bearing of fruit comes out of having a relationship with the Son. And I want to say this as simply and in modern English as I can. Relationship is about you personally being able to hear the voice of the Lord. Spread the news of His people coming down before the King. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming. Join the song. Sing along. Let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's own return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Ever been running the vacuum cleaner when it suddenly quits? You look over and see you've exceeded the reach of the electrical cord, and that's all it takes. But you plug it back in and keep going. It's the same dynamic when we abide in Christ. We can get some work done when we stay plugged in. Here's Pastor Ray with more. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21. And Jesus is telling a series of stories. We're in the last week of Jesus' earthly ministry. Even though we're in Matthew 21, we got all the way to Matthew chapter 28. That's a lot of chapters. A third of the Gospel of Matthew is devoted to one week, his last week. And so we read Jesus is, you know, he's battling with some of the religious leaders of 2,000 years ago. And here's what he says. He tells a parable, verse 33, Matthew 21, verse 33. Hear or listen to another parable. A parable is a story with a heavenly meaning. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower, and he leased it to vine dressers, and then he went into a far country. Now when vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, and they beat one. And then they killed one, and then they stoned another. So again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did likewise to them. And then last of all, he finally sent his son to them, saying, well, surely they will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. And so they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. So in this parable, Jesus is using a story about a vineyard. And so we start with this. God gives many material and spiritual blessings and asks only that we bear fruit for his glory. We're going to see that this um, parable, in this parable, the householder is God the Father. The Son is obviously the Lord Jesus Christ, and the farmers are a picture of Israel. The servants that are sent to them are the prophets of ancient Israel. And we're going to bring, you know, an application to our lives. God has blessed us with spiritual blessings, material blessings, and he's looking for something, and that is fruit. Modern Israel, it's a very fertile land, especially in the north. And when God had delivered the children of Israel from Egypt, 400 years of slavery, He said, I'm going to take you to your own land, a land I promise, a land that I will bless, a land that will be rich with milk and honey. 
And he said, all I ask that you go there, that you walk with me, that you know me, and that you bear fruit. So in the story, God would send, you know, servants uh, to go check on whether there was fruitfulness, and they killed the servants. Those were the prophets, the Old Testament prophets. God would send to the nation of Israel, which was his vineyard, and they would take their lives. Now, all of this is based on literally a story in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Jesus didn't just pull this story out of the air. It was actually in their prophets. In Isaiah chapter 5, it says this in verse 1, Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done to my vineyard than I have not done to it? Why then, when I expected to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now, please, let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it shall be burned, and break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but behold, oppression, for righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. You remember that right before this parable of the you know, vineyard, Jesus is saying, he just literally hours before was hungry, he went up to a fig tree, he wanted figs, and it had no figs, and what did Jesus do to the fig tree? He cursed it. There should have been figs. That was also symbolic of the nation. Here, what the, God sent his servants, the prophets, and the Jewish people killed them. Now, finally, God has sent his son. Jesus is telling a parable about a wealthy landowner who finally sends his son. And Jesus is the son in the story. He's telling them. And they are, you know, in the story, they plot and kill the son. That very week, they're plotting to kill Jesus. And he was making a connection to them. And he wanted to find fruit there. He wanted to find good fruit. Instead, he found wild olives and wild grapes and fruit. Instead of honoring and receiving the son, the men cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Jesus was crucified outside the gate. He was rejected by the nation, except for the remnant. Not all the Jews, because there were the disciples and the apostles, and they were Jewish, and the church would begin with them. But I want to bring, so that was what Jesus is doing and saying to Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, but I want to bring an application to you and I. God has also blessed us. God has blessed you. The very, you know, the fact that you are sitting in this place right here, right now, at this time, you're blessed. You're among some of the most blessed people on the planet. I mean, it's a fact. And God has given us many material blessings. God has given us many spiritual blessings. But along with all the blessings God has blessed us with comes responsibility. And what God is looking for in an individual is their fruit in your life. 
What God would look for a nation is their fruit in that nation's life. And what kind of fruit is it producing? Now, interestingly, Jesus shared something interesting in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, and it's right here. Let's read this out loud. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Now, let's go and read this as well. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. God is looking for fruit. He's looking for fruit in your life. What, what is the fruit that God is looking for with all the blessings He's given to you? Uh, the fruit of love, the fruit of joy, the fruit of peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, forbearance. All the fruit of the Spirit should be, you know, growing and building and multiplying in our lives individually and as a nation. So as a nation, we need to inspect our tree. Is there fruit? And what kind of fruit is a good fruit? And individually, we should be inspecting our lives. And what Jesus said is, I am the vine, you are the branches, the branches attached to the vine. And you will bring forth fruit. And he goes, every branch I have that is bearing fruit, I will prune it. Now, Vicki and I have lived now for uh, close, going on 15 years, we live in Escondido. We happen to buy about an acre of land. It's got a lot of fruit trees on it. Number one, it's got about a dozen orange trees. And I've got to tell you that it produces, because I guess we're in San Diego and we got all this sun pretty much year-round. It has oranges on it year-round. But one of the things I do occasionally is to go out and, and, you know, there's not a lot of the trees, but still a dozen, and, and there's all these branches, and all of a sudden springtime comes, boom, it's got all these branches, all these leaves, but not all of the branches have fruit. So what I like to go through is I look at the branches, I look at them, and some of them look great, and they're big, and they're healthy, and they're strong, and the leaves are green and vibrant. But if it doesn't have any fruit on it, guess what I do? I chop it off or I cut it off. I prune it. Because no matter how good it looks on the outside, I am not going to let any of that rich, nourishing sap go to what is called a sucker branch. A sucker branch sucks all the life and the juice and the nutrients, but it ain't bearing fruit. I'm chopping it off. Why? Because I want every ounce of that life, strength, nourishment, sap to go to the branches that got all those oranges. Because you know what happens when they get all that juice? They get bigger, juicier, and sweeter to the taste. Hallelujah. So I prune. So the Lord does in our lives. If you've got something in your life, and it may look good on the outside, but it's not connected to the Holy Spirit. It's not really bearing the fruit of love and joy and peace in your life. The Lord and the Holy Spirit's going to chop it off, and it's okay. Let it go. You don't need a sucker branch. There's things that are sucking your time and your energy and your mind and stuff. Cut them off. Be pruned, because He wants there to be fruit, healthy, good fruit in our lives. Amen? Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. 
Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teaching means to them. I met Pastor Ray when I was really young. Looking back, I realized he was pretty young too. I remember him praying for me as I was going through a challenging time. His kindness and great faith encouraged me. I can hardly think of another person who packed as much life into so relatively few years. I look forward to seeing him again one day. Although he's gone home, his teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Okay, so where the bearing of fruit, where does it come from? Yeah, okay, so I'm Jesus the vine, I'm a branch, I'm bearing fruit, fruit of spirit, I want to bear more fruit. How do you do it? The bearing of fruit comes out of having a relationship with the Son. Relationship brings the fruit. It's called abiding. That's what we just read in John 15. Abiding means relationship. The more that you interact with the Lord, and I want to say this as simply, plainly, and directly, boldly, and in modern English as I can. Relationship is about you personally being able to hear the voice of the Lord. You can hear the voice of the Lord. Number one, if you're saved, that proves you heard the voice of the Lord because he's the one that stood at the door of your heart and he knocked and he said, if you hear my voice, open the door. You open the door, apparently you heard his voice. So if you're saved, you heard his voice. But sometimes we're like, okay, I'm saved, and then we just cruise on, and we can be religious and have a lot of outward-looking good stuff, but we're not really growing, we're not really abiding, we're not really in relationship with him. And it can happen to a nation. It happened with Israel. We need to look at our own times. And so it's interesting. Look, uh, let's read verses 40 through 47. We'll finish the story Jesus started to tell. It says, so after it says they sent the son and they killed him. In verse 40, therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, Jesus is talking to this group of religious leaders, what do you think he will do to those vine dressers? And they said to him, he will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render him the fruits in their seasons. <laughs> And Jesus said to them, I mean, they, they were right. Jesus said, I'm talking about you guys. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the Scripture the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken. But on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Now, when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking of them. He was. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet. Now, what's interesting here is that, you know, tell the story, and then they kill the son. Jesus says, what do you think will happen? And they say, oh, man, they're gonna, he's going to destroy those wicked guys, and then he'll give it, you know, turn it over to those who will bear the fruits. And Jesus says, therefore, it's going to be taken from you and given to a nation that will bear fruit. And I believe the nation that is being referred to is later going to be translated the church, which in Greek is ekklesia. 
It's the gather, and it's made up of both Jew and Gentile. And that's what is coming. That's what the Lord's going to do. But what's interesting is Jesus quotes here where it says, the stone which the builders rejected, he's quoting a psalm. Psalm 118, verses 22 and 23. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. That Psalm 118 is a, what the rabbis called a messianic psalm. It's talking about the coming of the Messiah. And right now, Jesus is talking to a group of religious leaders who are rejecting Jesus, rejecting the Son, rejecting, therefore, the Messiah. And by rejecting the Messiah, Jesus quotes a Psalm 118 that says, your rejection of me, I'm the Son, I am the Messiah, and your rejecting me was predicted and prophesied hundreds of years ago in the days of David, King David, thousand years earlier, whatever. Isn't that amazing? So he was prophesying. Now, here's what's also interesting. Quoting Psalm 118, this is the last week of Jesus' life. Well, the week started with Palm Sunday. On Palm Sunday, Jesus sat on a little donkey on the top of the Mount of Olives, and the people started waving palm branches and shouting and crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, they didn't just make that up. They're quoting a psalm. Guess which psalm they were quoting on Palm Sunday? Psalm 118. Same psalm, Messianic psalm. Now, a few days later, another couple of verses, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Now, here's what's interesting. Back in the days of King Solomon, remember they were originally going to build the temple. David was the first one. He wanted to build God a temple and, and build God a house. And God said, David, you can't. You're a man of war. I can't let you build me a house, but I'll build you one. It'll be through your family, David, that the ultimate Messiah will come, will come through the house of David. But your son, I'll let him build. Now, you can get all the stuff together and the materials together and the raw materials ready to build it, and then your son Solomon can build it. So Solomon's getting ready to build it. So he had thousands and thousands and thousands of workers who had to quarry stone, this limestone, and they were kind of down over here. And they had their foremen and their crew, and they've got, all, they've got to build every stone and then fit it together. And then way up here on the Temple Mount, you have the, another foreman, and he's putting the stones where they go in the corners and laying out and building the temple. There is a legend among the Jewish people that in the days of King Solomon, at the very beginning when they were quarrying some of the very first stones, they made the chief cornerstone, which is to be laid at the, at the end. But they, they made it, it's unique, it's unlike any other stone in the entire temple. And they sent it up to the other foreman, the guy that was putting all the walls and the thing together in the temple. But there's so many thousands of people there. So they get this stone and they looked at it and they go, well, that, that doesn't fit in this corner. It doesn't fit that wall. It doesn't go to that gate. In fact, it doesn't fit any. We don't know what to do with it. So they went around and they go, what? They asked and they said, we cannot figure out this stone. They probably, I don't know, they made a mistake. What do we do with it? And they said, well, look, it's in the way. And they took it to the top of the hill and they rolled the stone down the hill to the valley below. It was, the, it was the chief cornerstone that they had made. Years go by. 
Now they're done. They're ready. Solomon has called all the 12 tribes of Israel to come together. We're going to dedicate the temple. We're going to, we're, God's going to send fire from heaven to light the sacrifice. God's going to come and bring his glory. And they go, okay, guys, the quarry guys, send us the final cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. And they go, what are you talking about? We sent out, that out years ago at the beginning of construction. And they're like, What? What? And so they have this big search and they all talk and then somebody, hey, 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 you guys remember years ago they sent up that stone. We didn't know what it was. It didn't fit. And we threw it over the side of the cliff. And that was the cornerstone. And they said, well, then go find it. Years later, all the debris. So the whole nation goes down and they finally found the chief cornerstone and they brought it back. And then before the whole nation, they put it in place, had the dedication, fire came from heaven and lit the sacrifice and the kind of glory came and filled the house of the Lord so they could not stand in the presence of the Lord. That's a legend told by the Jewish people themselves. And Jesus is saying, that's what you did to me. I am the chief cornerstone. But early on, when the chief cornerstone was sent, it didn't fit your theology. It didn't fit your religious conceptions of the kingdom. So you rejected the cornerstone and you threw him off the cliff. But the day will come when you will look for him, search for him, find him, because it won't be complete and he will be brought back. And it was marvelous in the eyes of the Lord. That's where we're living right now. We are living in the days when soon the chief cornerstone will come. Every eye shall see him with power and with glory. He came once as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion of the tribe of Judah. It's going to be glorious and powerful. The world will never be the same. So the bearing of fruit comes out of a relationship with the Son. Then Jesus in verse 44 says something interesting. He says, and whoever falls on the stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. So the Messiah is being likened unto a stone. And I want you to note this, we have a choice. We can either be broken in humble surrender by falling on the stone, which is Christ, and repenting of our sins, and begging God's forgiveness, and seeking His mercy. Or if we don't fall and humble ourselves on the chief cornerstone, the stone will fall upon us, and the weight of God's judgment will fall upon us. The choice before these religious leaders is the same choice before every person on planet earth today. Either you will fall on the stone, humble yourself, call upon the name of the Lord and be saved, or the stone and the kingdom will come in judgment and you will not survive. So I don't know about you, but I'm humbling myself on the chief cornerstone, amen? And I wanna be right with him. Pastor Ray Bentley with great insight today from our continuing study tour through the Gospel of Matthew here on Maranatha Radio. And there's more to come in this study. It's a message titled, Let Us Bear Fruit. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. 
In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness, and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join us for a special edition of the program, a conversation with Pastor Ray's widow, Vicki Bentley. It's a moving conversation. Join us here on Maranatha Radio, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.